Righteousness is not about religion or denominational affiliation or political correctness. Righteousness is about a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings about a lifestyle of worship, service, and personal holiness. Hello and welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation, and last week we started looking at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Now in my mind, I just thought we'd do Revelation chapter 4 in one setting and and be good, but there's just a lot that we need to know and unpack in Revelation chapter 4, especially verse 1. We didn't get it all done last week, so we're going to try to finish that up today. So as I said, last week we started looking at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and we learned about the rapture. Uh, We also learned last week that we're living in the last days. We also learned what living in the last days will look like before the rapture and the second coming of Christ. So we talked about Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 17, and Jesus talked about um, in the last days before the return, the second coming of Jesus, that our world is going to look like it did in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. The world was filled with wickedness and... uh, the wickedness didn't stop. It just got worse and worse until the flood came and until the destruction came. So we, we looked at, at some of those things. We took a real good look at, uh, at Lot's life. When the angels came, just to, just to recap just a little bit, the angels came and said, Lot, you need to get out of here, get your family, friends, anyone that's going to listen to you, and go because God's going to destroy this place. In the end, in the end, no one respected Lot. His wife, she left, but she longed to be back in Sodom. She turned back around and looked at, at Sodom to, to go back, and she turned to a pillar of salt. Before they left, he went to his soon-to-be sons-in-law and, and begged them to leave, and they thought he was joking, and his own daughters didn't respect him because when they got out of Sodom and finally got to where they were going, they realized they didn't have Men, they didn't have husbands, so they got their father drunk. They had sexual relations with him, and he fathered children from his own daughters. Wow, what a, what a, what a sad, sad legacy. So we looked at, at the wickedness in the days of Noah and Lot, and, and it will be like that before the second coming. Now, the second coming is different than the rapture. The rapture happens before the second coming. So if these things happen before the second coming, we can also assume that our world will be much like it is. The rapture uh, will take place when the world is is full of wickedness. So um, that's where we were. So we're going to continue on, and we're going to talk about um, about Second Peter chapter three verses one through eighteen. Um, the reason we're going to talk about this, uh, Peter is. He knows he's about to, to, to die. So when you look at, at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, it says, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you have. I consider it right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, knowing that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has also shown me. So in 2 Peter, this is... Uh, Peter knows he's about to die. He's not going to be here long, so he is writing some some important words that we need to hear. And I've told people all the time, pay attention to first words and last words. It's the last words that that are that are powerful. 
I know before I go on a long trip and I'm not going to see my wife or family for a few days, I will tell them the last thing I tell them is the most important thing. And the last thing I tell them is, is I love you. So Peter, knowing that he's soon going to die, he's writing these words and they, they're powerful, not only because they're, they're God breathed, but the context of the words, these are important words because he knows he doesn't have much time and, and the words that he does share are, are very important. So in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 18, he lays out several things. He says, this is now the second letter I've written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder so that you recall the words previously spoken by the holy prophets and the command of our Lord and Savior given through your apostles. And then he says, and so I would say, just just beware and remember these things about the end times. Knowing that we're in the end times, be, be aware of these things. So here's the list. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days, scoffing and following their own evil desires, saying, where is his coming that he promised? Ever since our ancestors fell asleep, all these things continue as they've been since the beginning of creation. They deliberately overlook this. By the word of God, the heavens came into being long ago, and the earth was brought about from water and through water. Through these, the world of that time perished when it was flooded. By the same word, the present heavens and the earth are stored up for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. Dear friends, do not overlook this one fact. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise, the elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. Because of that day, the heavens will be dissolved with fire, the elements will melt with heat, but based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth, where righteousness dwells. Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found without spot or blemish in his sight at peace. Also, regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our dear brother Paul has written to you according to the wisdom given him. He speaks about these things in all his letters. There are some things hard to understand in them. The untaught and unstable will twist them to their own destruction, as they do also with the rest of scriptures. Therefore, dear friends, since you know this in advance, be on your guard so that you are not led away by the error of lawless people and fall from your own stable position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and and to the day of eternity. So in 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, the Apostle Peter, he, he finishes his book with these, with these words. In essence, because we're living in the last days, the Apostle Peter mentions several things we need to pay attention to. I'm, I'm going to mention seven, and then we'll start uh, looking at, at one in particular. So once again, because we're living in the last days, the Apostle Peter mentions some things we need to pay attention to. Number one, Beware of scoffers, verse 3. 
Number two, because we're living in the last days, we need to remember the word of God is true. Because we're living in the last days, we need to remember God is patient. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. We need to remember in verse 10, judgment is coming. Verses 11 through 14, we need to be holy. Verses 15 through 17, we need to be on our guard. And last but not least, we need to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we live, we ought to be developing, maturing, and growing. So I want to spend the bulk of our time uh, looking at this. In the last days, beware of, of scoffers. We know we're living in the last days because scoffers are present. So the question I ask is this, what is a scoffer? So a scoffer is one who mocks God. A scoffer is one who laughs at God, who puts his uh, fist up in God's face. And Satan uses scoffers to intimidate us. He uses scoffers to confuse us, to discourage us, to deceive and even defeat us. So knowing the power that scoffers have, the Apostle Peter describes what a scoffer is and basically answers the question, how do you recognize a scoffer? So in the world we're living in, uh, if you watch the news or read the media, it's easy to see that there are people who are who are literally uh, scoffing, and, and we're going to see what, what a scoffer is. And by looking at this, it's easy to see we're, we're living in, in the last days, and every day we live, we're getting closer to the second coming of Jesus and also the return or the rapture of, of the church. So beware of scoffers. Scripture mentions four characteristics of a scoffer. Number one, and you can write this down or uh, mark it in your word, scoffers do not take God seriously. The word scoffer comes from the Greek word impeazo, which is a verb denoting action. The word literally means to mock, to play like a child, to sport, or to jest. So Luke 22, 63, 64, and 65 the men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. So they were scoffers. They were mocking. They were playing like a child and jesting with Jesus. Luke 23, 11 and 12. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Luke 23, 36 and following. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. So a scoffer really is a person that gets in the face of God and dares him to do something. So recently in the House of Representatives, um, and, and, and normally I don't get political, and I'm not. this is really not about politics. It's not about being a Republican or a Democrat. It's not about being for, for Trump or Biden or anything. So I do not, please hear me, I do not want you to take this as a political statement. It just is what it is. Some... New language is being uh, demanded to be used in the house, and it's gender neutral. So they're not going to use words like him and her, he and she, mother, father, brother, sister. They're going to use gender neutral words. So 
in the opening prayer to the first session in Congress for the, for the new year, Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver, an ordained Methodist pastor, offered some unusual words in the opening prayer for the 117th Congress. He prayed, and he ended his prayer with this statement, and I quote, and the reason I'm quoting this, he may be a Methodist pastor, but this guy is a scoffer. He's a scoffer. He, he's mocking. He's playing like a child. He's, he's jesting. He's, he's sporting with, with the issue with the person of God and, and prayer. He ends after his prayer, he ends his prayer with this statement, and I quote verbatim. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace, peace in our families, peace across this land, and dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber now and evermore. We ask it, or we ask these things in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God's known by many names, by many, by many different faiths, and he ends his prayer with, Amen. And a woman. Just to be clear, amen is not a gender term. It has the letters that spell men, but actually the word literally means so be it or truly, truly. Now, to be fair, the congressman said he used the term to honor the record number of women serving in Congress. Well, at best, this is a, a, a poor and ignorant, pitiful attempt at honoring the women serving in Congress. At worst, it is a malintended ploy to be inclusive and politically correct. Regardless of his intent, he doesn't take the only, the true, the living, monotheistic God seriously. Once again, he says, we ask it in the name of whatever God you want, whether it's the true, living, monotheistic God or Brahma or God's known by many names by many different faiths. A man and a woman. He's once again, I'm not trying to be political, and if you take it this way, it's not meant to be that way. This guy is a scoffer, and there's no politics in that. He's just mocking and jesting at God. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 says this, and the first commandment clearly says, You shall have no other gods besides me. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This also know. That in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, blasphemers, blasphemers. That's what Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver is doing. He's, he's literally blaspheming God, and, and there, there's no uh, divinity with, with the true living God. He's just countered with every other God or every other imagination. He says, once again, 2 Timothy, Paul says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. 
we need to understand this. Religion or righteousness is not about religion or denominational affiliation or political correctness. Righteousness is about a relationship with Jesus Christ that brings about a lifestyle of worship, service, and personal holiness. So Peter's literally saying, you know you're living in the last days when scoffers come. We need to be aware of scoffers. Scoffers do not take God seriously. Number two, scoffers treat God with contempt. Another characteristic of scoffers is seen in the Greek word mukterizo, which means to mock to turn up the nose at, to sneer, or treat with contempt. In other words, scoffers are arrogant, and as a phrase, you know, sometimes we've heard this, they turn their nose up at God. Scoffers treat God with contempt means to treat something or someone uh, with contempt means to ignore or neglect them. Paul said this in the letter to Galatians in chapter 6, verse 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. So we see that goffer, scoffers do not take God seriously. Scoffers treat God with contempt. But number three, beware of scoffers. They ridicule the word of God. A third characteristic of scoffers is seen in the Greek word kleuazo, which means to jeer, to scoff, or to sneer. The word literally means expressing scorn or contempt. Acts chapter 17, verse 32, When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. The Athenian philosophers jeered at the apostles' testimony concerning the resurrection of the dead. So Paul's at the Acropolis, and he's he's seen all kinds of... Uh, idols and statements referring to the unknown gods and this, that, and the other. So he goes to the Areopagus where the, the current thoughts of the day are, are discussed and talked about, and he talks about Jesus as being God, and we know he's God because of his resurrection from the dead. And there were a lot of people who, who jeered, they ridiculed, and they scoffed. Jesus said this about the word of God. In Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The Apostle Paul said this about the word of God in 2 Timothy 3, 13 and following. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worst, deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Apostle Peter had to say this about the Word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, Above all, you must understand... No prophecy of Scripture came about by the own prophet's interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we understand that scoffers, it's part of who they are. They ridicule the Word of God. They jest about it. They make fun of it. They reject it. They, uh, they, they oppose it. They have nothing to do with it. Scoffers ridicule the Word of God by ignoring the truth contained therein. University of Wisconsin historian Thomas Reeves indicts popular religious belief and service. He says this, and I quote, 
Christianity in modern America is, in large part, innocuous. He goes on to say it tends to be easy, upbeat, convenient, and compatible. It does not require self-sacrifice, discipline, humility, and otherworldly outlook, a zest for souls, a fear as well as love of God. There is little guilt and no punishment, and the payoff in heaven is virtually certain. Wow. Scoffers ridicule the word of God by ignoring the truth. So scoffers do not take God seriously. Scoffers treat God with contempt. Scoffers ridicule the word of God, last but not least. Scoffers ridicule the people of God. The fourth characteristic of a scoffer is found in the Greek word diakluetso, which means to scoff at, to deride someone, or make a laughingstock, to show contempt towards someone by speech. Acts chapter 2, verse 13, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, some were scoffing and mocking, and they made fun of the disciples and said, they're drunk. They've had too much wine to drink. So in other words, scoffers ridicule the people of God. They do not respect the people of God. Fascinating story I read some time ago. Archaeologists digging in the remains of a school for imperial pages in Rome found a picture dating from the 3rd century. In this picture, it shows a boy standing, his hand raised, worshiping a figure on a cross, a figure that looks like a man with the head of a donkey. Scrawled in the writing of a young person are the words, Alexa Menos worships his God. Nearby in a second inscription, Alexa Menos is faithful. Apparently a young man who was a Christian named Alexa Menos was being mocked by his schoolmates for his faithful witness. But he was not ashamed. He was faithful. But scoffers, they're going to scoff, mock, jest, and make fun of us because we have faith and we read the Bible and we go to church and we trust in Jesus. So scoffers do not respect the people of God. Scoffers, they did not and they do not respect Jesus. Scoffers did not and do not respect the disciples of Jesus. Scoffers will not respect anyone who stands boldly for the name of Jesus Christ. When the emperor Valens threatened Eusebius with confiscation of all his goods, when the emperor Valens threatened Eusebius with torture, banishment, and death, the courageous Eusebius, a follower of Christ, replied, He needs not fear confiscation who has nothing to lose, nor banishment to whom heaven is his country, nor torments when his body can be destroyed at one blow, nor death which is the only way to set him at liberty from sin and sorrow. You know what? Church, if you're listening to this, I just want you to be encouraged. Don't be swayed by scoffers. Don't be intimidated by scoffers. Don't be deceived, discouraged, or defeated. They're not going to respect anyone who has a relationship with Christ. So stand boldly. Trust God by faith and know, in the end, we know what the truth is. Once again, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. I leave you with Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. As we live in these days that we're living in, and we're living in, in days where, where scoffers are, 
are prominent. I would, I would, you know, go back to this list that Second Peter talks about in Second Peter chapter three. Beware of scoffers. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. The word of God is true. We're living in the last days. Remember, God is patient. We're living in the last days. Remember, judgment is coming. We're living in the last days. Be holy. Be righteous. We're living in the last days. Be on your guard. So as I bring this podcast to a close, I want to read just to remind us. I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and following. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because of these things, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. So as you, uh, or as we live in these days, it's just a good thing to be reminded that we're not living the in these days alone. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have the power found and the wisdom found in the Word of God. So I would, I would depend on the Word of God in these days in which we're living. So next week, we're going to continue looking at Revelation chapter 4, and we will, uh, Lord willing, finish up the entire chapter next week. So I want to encourage you to continue listening. I also want to you to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.